0: Of Sacramento three on one Bagley the step Bagley with the dunk and you can put it in the book and send it to the left there it is Buddy Hill alone at the top of the Kings record book. Oh, I like to see Fox force five in the open court Fox into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that you don't like Kings basketball
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. How you doing, Rich?
0: It doesn't matter how I'm doing today, Brendan, because we have a lot to talk about as Kings fans, do we not?
1: We do. Uh, things that I wish we could just pretend didn't even happen.
0: Yeah, feelings don't matter. Feelings definitely don't matter. We just got to get to it. Cut to the quick here. Um, it's been a little while since we podcasted. We uh, last time we recorded, we were coming off a pretty, pretty damn impressive win against the Nuggets. Uh, so that, you know, that may have been the the one of the nicer wins, if not the best win of the season. Uh, and just in terms of what we maybe expected going into it. But since then, there was a tough loss uh, at home to the Bulls. And uh, yeah, I predicted a win. (laughs) Um, Did not receive any DMs, so maybe we don't have any Bulls fans. Oh, crazy. You also said,
1: if they lose this game, this will be the worst loss of the year. After the Nuggets
0: game. I did, yeah. And I think that that was true. For sure. uh, Up until last night. Uh, they also lost at the Trailblazers. Um, not too thrilled about that, but hey, what can you do against Carmelo Anthony, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Elisa can't do anything. Right. Um, I'll just shout out Rashawn Holmes, who is... Uh, Career high, right? Yeah, 28 points, 10 rebounds, been the right spot of the season yeah. thus far, I would say, for the Kings. And then last night... And no Bogdanovich in that Portland game. Correct, correct, correct. Um, So we'll we'll get to best win. We want to do this later on, best wins and worst losses of the season. But, uh, yeah, first got to break down this loss last night in San Antonio because it was a doozy. And I would say it's probably the worst loss of the season. But let's just talk more generally about this game first.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the Kings were very slow to start. Part of it is shots weren't falling, but at the same time, the execution was very poor. I thought that both teams, San Antonio has been on a rough stretch, and they've had some wins that have people thinking they may have turned a corner to start to push their season in the right direction towards a playoff run, but they've been really rough too, and I thought it was just sloppy from both teams. The offense was not – it felt like they both were – go into a little bit of isolation. A lot of San Antonio was DeRozan or Aldridge, obviously just going to those two guys and letting them go to work against some of the weaker defenders on Sacramento and Buddy Healed and Bielitsa. And then on the Sacramento end, I mean, at first, obviously, it, it was just, like I said, it was that slow start. And in regards to the offense, because the defense was okay, Okay, in regards to the offense though, I felt like they were just settling for the first option in their offense so often.
0: Yeah, this the Sacramento team does not look crisp. I mean, I mean, you know, this past week, these three games, it's almost been shades of the first five games where the the team just looks like they are failing on a fundamental level. Like they're not making their passes. They're not. They don't look like they're playing cohesive team basketball. They're not uh, taking the right shots. They're not moving the ball as well. They're not rotating on defense as well. They're not communicating on defense as well. Uh, Bielica looks really bad. Um, Deadman looks worse. Ugh. Did you see? I mean, I know you saw that. I, I had to pull that clip of. There's this one moment uh, in the first half when. Deadman gets the ball at the three point line and it's it's a bad pass. It wasn't delivered well, but the entire Spurs team backs off. Like they're already really far away from it. They're right. already
1: They, they already like look pass. at him and wave him off pretty much. Like, eh, we'll let him have that.
0: Yeah, no, and I, and I have no doubt in my mind that Popovich had planned this out. He's like, make Deadman shoot it. Uh and Deadman played for Popovich. So uh, I don't know if this is a head game or what I don't know if we're gonna see this Oh, my god. Certainly his percentage so far this year, you you know, we could see this from a lot of teams going forward, but this could also just be a Popovich thing. But yeah, the the Spurs were obviously coached, you know, make them and shoot it. And he had all the time in the world. All the space in the world. I mean, like, seriously, he had all the space in the world, a solid twenty feet from the nearest defender. Took his time, loaded it up and just clanked it. Like it was not pretty at <laughs> all.
1: Yeah, I have no explanation for where Deadman's shot is gone. Like, you know, my theory is that he was secretly on the set of Space Jam 2. And for some reason, the Monstars just really zoned in on this elite role player. And it's just gone. I don't know. Yeah, because like you said, there's open, there's wide open, and then there's all alone in the gym. And that's pretty much where Deadman was at. And like you said, not even close.
0: Yeah, that's a shot you you take in warmups, and it was it was ugly. Um, and you do have to think at this point that there's something going on. I would think maybe mentally, right? I would think it has to be. I mean, thirty eight percent last year. It, it can't be physical. I mean, it's not like he has some nagging injury or right. his shot mechanics have changed greatly. Um, I saw someone was talking about on Twitter. Um, this guy, sports junkie, who is a great uh, commenter over on Town Royalty, and uh, really got some really good insights on Twitter as well. Uh, he mentioned that Deadman is normally taking a lot of his shots in rhythm with the Hawks. It was always in rhythm. He would get it and shoot it. He didn't. He wasn't like loading up. And I think he's doing so much. Lo- he's still load time now, um, and that's his own kind of fault. I think for thinking too much, but it's. This isn't the type of shots he was taking in Atlanta.
1: Right. And with it being our our assumption a confidence issue, you would hope that at some point, you know, a nice stretch or even just one game of hitting three of four could break him out of it. But right now, man, I don't even think he's paying the service on that cell phone. There's there's no reason it's not getting any calls.
0: <laughs> what what would you do with Deadman right now? Say you were in coach Walton's position. My hope
1: is just that when Bagley comes back, which looks like it's not too far that he'll be in a more comfortable role where there is some gravity of guys towards the rim. Uh, uh, Yeah. Do you think that's
0: like even realistic? What? So, I mean, you're saying clarify that for me. I may be misunderstood. You're saying Deadman gets in a position where, there's more, I mean, you can't get more. Right,
1: because it's, that's, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I I almost, I'm hoping that Bagley offering a different dynamic will. So you think
0: that he'll, like, play alongside Bagley?
1: I think so. I mean, for a while. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, you kind of have to put Bagley next to Holmes, even though we've clearly not been fans of that. I feel like you have to try it. Um. Yeah, I I don't really know the answer to this Deadman thing, you know, because it it seems, like we said, so mental. Like, I feel like I'm one of the last people holding on to hope that he just has to break out of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the logical thing to happen that he gets closer, you know, uh, not even necessarily a return completely to form, right? Maybe that's maybe we're past that point maybe we think that he just won't be like a you know near 40% type of shooter this year but the hope that he gets to like 35 even right right just don't be a negative on the offensive end like yeah pretty much so that's that's the hope right but we've been hoping that for a while like i feel like we've been hoping that for a dozen games maybe more
1: right I don't know. What do you What do you think that you would try with this?
0: Just to, in case anyone doesn't know, he is currently down at twenty two point nine percent from three. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would bench him. I bench him pretty hard. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I would do is I would give all of his minutes to Harry Giles. Yeah,
1: I I definitely have had that thought, but yeah, I mean, the Kings have put themselves in an interesting situation with turning down that Giles fourth-year option, but in regards to impact, you have to think that Giles would offer more than what you're getting from Deadman. I also have a small thought that do you try to start Deadman for a game? I mean, no, what he's playing terrible, but if this is a confidence thing, does that do it for him? Like, no, it doesn't. How could it? How could it? (sighs) Right. And yeah, I mean, he started the
0: first what he started the first four games,
1: right? And then instantly was pulled. Understandably, I'm not saying that he deserves the starting spot, but I'm just trying to theorize some way to get this man's confidence
0: back. I don't know. I think you just can't play. I think you just, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I think you just chalk this up as an L and just say, all right, we, we signed a player that can't play basketball and he's going to sit on the bench until, until he's showing us something in practice that is, you know, demonstrably different from what we've seen up to this point right yeah this is this is mind-blowing to me i mean move on i mean move like move on like you just you i think you just got to move on at this point because like i mean you can't trot this out every night night after night it's when he comes into the game the team like whatever like i said you know we haven't been playing well the last three games kings haven't been playing well but when he comes into the game, whatever motive like whatever uh inertia or energy or anything that was there anything that was going well like just disappears instantly,
1: yeah, and it's not I want to say you know hold out giving up until you see him next to Bagley, but what he's getting now is not gonna improve with Bagley like the like you're saying the looks he's getting is wide open teams are game planning to leap him open and he still can't hit it it's not going to change with Bagley so I mean maybe that is what it is and like potentially explore what his value is if he has any at this point
0: yeah you think trade him
1: if you're giving up on him and he's not getting minutes
0: i don't even know if i'd do that i mean i don't think anyone would trade for him at this point but i also i mean like maybe someone takes him you know for nothing for like straight up nothing right and there is another year on it what teams even have cap space the hawks and nobody <laughs> would right. they take back <laughs> like would they take him back i mean he's <laughs> been good for them it's true that's a place he worked i mean it'd probably be great for Dwayne deadman um, but yeah, then what? What, what are we taking that for? Uh, Alex led for a second round pick, like, and because they're not going to give anything up, like right. they just left that. They they did. I'm sure, and it would be the Kings trying to dump them, like, yeah, and I'm sure that they specifically looked at that number and were like, you know what? Why don't you have a great right next couple of years in Sacramento? We wish you the best, right? They didn't want to offer him long term. It's not an expiring contract. It is not. So I don't think you're getting anything at all from anybody. So I don't know. I don't think you can trade him. Um, And yeah, well, can we talk more about the Giles thing? Because you mentioned there that there's a situation they put themselves in the Kings have by not picking up his option. But is that even a situation? I don't think there's a situation. I I, I mean, it is. It's not a reason to not give
1: him playing time, but it's just like almost discouraging to see him out there at times because of that. Um, but yeah, at this point, no, you definitely, he needs to be getting some run. And you also need to be playing Rashawn Holmes as much as possible. But those leftover minutes, I think you do need to give more of them to Giles at this point, for sure. Especially the way that like Corey Joseph is playing on offense and the creation that is needed from this team. I think Giles definitely could be a benefit there.
0: I still believe very uh strongly that Harry Giles can shoot. Uh, I see I've seen him shoot well. I think that he could shoot. So I think you maybe you just put Giles in and be like, all right, you do what Deadman was supposed to do. And you at least give him that shot. Um and maybe it doesn't work out. And then then you're in the same position you are now, but you at least tried something. And let me throw something else out there. When and Gabriel can shoot
1: he can. Um, yeah, at this point, though,
0: look it, me it is eyes,
1: sort of desperation, you know. Look and, me in
0: the eyes and tell me that Wendell and Gabriel <laughs> wouldn't play better than Dwayne Deadman has played up to this point.
1: He probably would. A guy that's really fighting for his NBA career, you know. I, I, don't, I have no problem trying it.
0: I think that actually might be the way to go. Um, you've got him under contract. You've got the rights to him going forward. You can re-sign him to whatever you want. Whatever he wants, whatever, Um, you can you can come to a long term agreement. There's no cap on that. Um, He has shot really, really. I mean, he shot great in summer league, like truly great. He, you know, I will say he hasn't taken, he hasn't made a three yet this year. But you know, he's also not really played much this year. I'm just gonna look at his totals here. He's played. 28 minutes, so you know, not, not anything special, but uh, oh, I'm sorry, 47 minutes, but yeah, and he's one one of eight from three, but you know, I mean, that's that's not like enough of a sample size to be discouraged. Um, I think Dwayne Dedman, his 11 for 48 is a lot more discouraging. So, yeah, give it to Lin, And I, I think that's that is rewarding. I also feel like it's rewarding a guy that came up through Stockton that you've invested some stuff in. You've You've got the chance to continue your investment with him. I think, yeah, I, I think just give those minutes to winning.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to point out, you know, Deadman's first 21 games of last season in Atlanta, he shot 25% from three and then really turned it on after that. So I am just desperately trying to hold out hope because I was so happy with this Deadman signing. Um, we all were, man. I know, but I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think that Gabriel deserves some chance there. He's shown capabilities and some nice versatility as well. So, I mean, what can it hurt? It's Like you're saying, it's not going to be anything worse than what you're getting from Deadman currently.
0: Well, that's a really encouraging stat that you dropped there. Can you tell me anything more about that? Do you happen to know if by any chance – Do you happen to know what the solution was for him in Atlanta?
1: I do not. Um, I will, you know, we should check base with Chris Kirshner, who is the athletic cover for the Hawks, and uh, get back on that because this is the first time I'm seeing this now, actually. Yeah, Deadman's first 21 games in Atlanta, uh, 2.3 three-point attempts per game, and 25% from three. And then the rest of the year, he shot 42% from deep.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at this right now as well. Let's see. He took only 2.4 shots per game over that time. So, I mean, he was shooting it. It just, yeah, it wasn't going in. But, I mean, there was no expectation on that team, I guess. Maybe you just think – and there was no one behind him. Or on Deadman. Right. Like, you know,
1: having this $40 million deal. Right. And I would – I mean, in this situation, like, he almost got his confidence pulled from him. I I can't speak to the Atlanta situation and fully know what went on there, but, I mean, getting your starting spot yanked from you in four games, like we mentioned, definitely will take a hit to you there.
0: Do you think that was a mistake, though? Pulling him?
1: Yeah. No. No, I think you had to do it.
0: Because here's the thing, like, it's not like his confidence was taken from him he there were the issue was already there like we saw we can go back to those first four games and not only watch him make you know like zero threes but also those were the games where we had we I think he had like nine out of bounds passes or something insane like that um there were some vicious viciously boneheaded turnovers in that in that run
1: for sure the turnovers have been have been terrible from Denman. I think he's always had a little bit of a problem with that, but it was extreme in that run. And yeah, actually, in those Atlanta games, his first, in that Atlanta uh, run that he had last year, his first 11 games, he didn't start. And then game 12, he started for the rest of the year after that minus one game. So it's a little bit of uh, the other direction um, compared to this season of losing the spot rather than than gaining it. Are you currently paying off student debt, interested in improving your financial literacy, or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy.
0: All right. Well, let's table it for now. What about the end of this game? Um, Or if you want to talk more about the middle, feel free to. But um, I mean, obviously, the Kings had a spectacular uh, spectacular <laughs> I don't even just disintegration down the end uh, they went on a nine-zero run and then they gave up a nine-zero run and uh, lost in overtime the final score there 105-104 San Antonio but do you want to jump right to the end here
1: yeah I think that's fine the middle was just a lot of filler like I said I thought both teams played pretty rough there
0: Okay, um, so so yeah, what what were the biggest issues that you saw? You, let's let's talk about the end of regulation first.
1: Yeah, well, obviously taking care of the ball, I, I think that those two steals uh, that Corey Joseph got it taken from him were were huge, and I'm getting so upset just thinking about this kid. Uh, the I think there needed to be more communication. Uh, especially on that one that patty mills took it from him uh yeah. cory joseph needs to be aware of that but at the same time that needs to be communicated with him and then on the defensive end it was just really sloppy and it, it, undisciplined especially looking at those two three point fouls in overtime half I don't understand how you foul two people on three-point attempts in in an overtime within five minutes.
0: Horrific and horrendous. Um, yeah, and I'll say Corey Joseph, he hit the last three that made that 9-0 run for the Kings before everything fell apart. Um, and, you know, I don't know that he was necessarily having a bad game before that. I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it, it wasn't like, you know, his, the terrible play that he displayed was pretty much in the last, what would that be, seven minutes of, of the game. Because, um, yeah, then there was, he had those two turnovers back to back. And then in overtime, he airballed the corner three, a very open corner three, and then gave up that, that foul on a corner three uh, taken by a Spurs player right you know, immediately on the next possession. Right. And I mean, and it was to Rosen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about as bad as Corey Joseph could have played in the, in the last seven minutes. Um, are you worried about him? I'm worried about his offense. Um,
1: I knew that he wasn't bringing you, a lot on that end but being one of the highest like assist to turnover ratio guys last year I believe he was fourth sixth he was in the top 10 of assist to turnover ratio and so I was kind of expecting him to be orchestrating an offense but just turning down every look that he sees really and not being able to cut as well, like I, I thought that that was one of the positives of his offensive game, was being a, a smart cutter when he was off the ball. But right now he's dribbling the air out of the ball many times, and I, I really am starting to worry about him on the offensive end. I think the defense has been fine. Um, there were a couple rough spots, like you kind of mentioned on that three point foul, but the offensive end. I am definitely starting to worry. I thought that if he was left wide open, he'd hit it on a better rate than he is now.
0: Right. Right. I mean, if you can't hit a, a an open corner 3, you know, with like say 35% efficiency on average, like you shouldn't be in the corner. Like you shouldn't that's not you should not be out there. I mean, find something else to do. Find something else to do. Um, right. And it's it's really, yeah, I mean, just run around screens. I know that's like asking a lot to run around screens all game or you know just to keep moving, but don't go camp out in the corner if you can't hit that shot. and at that point, maybe, okay, so you you can't run around for thirty eight minutes, but hey, um then come off the bench and play eighteen minutes and run. Um, and start Bogdan Bogdanovich. How about that? Or play him in overtime. How about that?
1: Ugh. Well, I think he didn't play most of the second half, if not all of it. Part of me thinks that it had to have been that injury, right?
0: Yeah, I think that is the excuse that will give you. Um, but if he's even able to play, play him, because right. that's not going to work. Like, it's just not going to work. I mean, he played 20-something minutes in this game. So, I mean, I understand that injuries can get re-aggravated, but... I feel like he would have wanted to play. I feel, I don't know. I, I he just right. he's he's a warrior. He's you know he's like the kind of guy who if he was able physically capable to play I think that he would have. And I mean if I didn't notice that he didn't play in the second half at all that's probably not quite true, right? I mean he played 21 minutes. Maybe I don't I don't have his, the numbers of how many minutes of those were in the second half, but Uh, I mean maybe then don't play him so much in the first half if like if you need to like if he's that if he's that liable to be aggravated for injury save him for when the game matters I don't I don't know I don't know what I'm doing but at this point I just it felt unacceptable to me that Bogdanovich was not able to play or not played
1: yeah definitely understandable and I mean, the spacing of that offense, you know, when three-point shooting was supposed to be such a positive for this team, when Corey Joseph can't hit a shot, Rashawn Holmes, for as great as he is, he's not supplying any spacing. Uh, he has a gravity that it, that he brings the players in, but his effectiveness down there is going to be limited when, you know, especially if Buddy Heald and Bielitsa aren't hitting their shots, like what are you supposed to do for the spacing?
0: Well, I don't think have Buddy Heald handle the ball like that's not going to help your spacing because then you got Heald on ball and then you got Joseph off in the corner. That's no good at all. Like that's no good at all. You're not using those guys right. And this is the other big problem that I that I saw down the end. Well, there's two more, but the fact that Heald was initiating a lot of offense. I mean, there's probably of maybe the. 10 most crucial possessions he probably only initiated three or so but those three really didn't end up well one of them near the end of regulation um was on barns for you know having a pretty egregious moving screen uh, but he was trying to help buddy out because he couldn't get separation
1: Right, and I and I just stat checked it here. I was definitely wrong on the Bogdanovich. Did play eight minutes in the second half. He played three in the fourth quarter as well. Um, But I I totally agree with you. I mean, Barnes is the one that needs to be playmaking there. It's just Sacramento is so limited in that regard. I mean, Buddy hit some difficult shots down the line that are not the shots that you that are necessarily ideal. But Buddy is a bit of a tough shot maker. Um, It's it's rough, but I think at times you almost the Kings have been forced to go to him. I would much prefer Bogdanovich and Harrison Barnes, but with big Bogdanovich not in the game, uh, I kind of understand Heald getting some of them over Barnes, but and and then that very final possession. There were so many good looks. Ariza airballing wide open. My God. Ricking the next one. I'm like, are you serious? How did you get so open and you didn't even
0: move after the first shot? That was, <laughs> it was so It was comical. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So Ariza is the final issue that I had down here. He played 29 minutes of um, – yeah not not very good basketball i don't think um he committed the foul that started the 90 run for the spurs at the end of regulation and then yeah obviously capped it off with i mean why can't anyone hit a shot on this team what what, what happened like right. don't, and don't you think that Bogdan Bogdanovich, like missing a leg would have hit a shot at some point he would have done something he would have he's such a clutch guy he would have Managed to score some way, somehow.
1: Yeah. I'm just realizing that Ariza made every shot before those final two. I mean, he only shot three three. before that. Only three before that. But
0: I don't. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, he looked bad to me (laughs) on defense. And like, that's the thing is that same thing goes for the Bielitsa. Uh I think that Holmes has looked really really amazing on defense and that's because he has been amazing. Oh, defense. he had a
1: monster but, block.
0: Monster block. But it was it was cleaning up for Bielitsa and he had other one, you know, he, a lot of his blocks are because Bielitsa Deadman and Ariza just give up garbage. Uh yeah. just give up so much penetration. Oh, and Buddy Heel just decides to give up a, a 3 to Buddy the guy. that has been
1: on fire all night.
0: Everybody. Everybody's at fault. Everybody's at fault here. That wasn't even Buddy Hill. You're talking about, wait. Are you talking The about final Bellini? shot of regulation. The Bellinelli three? Yeah. I don't even think that was on Buddy.
1: You think they, uh, that Holmes was supposed to switch there?
0: I think that Ariza was supposed to switch there. Okay. Because, I mean, you can go back and look at the table. I mean, it's on everybody, right? But, right.
1: Buddy did take the blame after the game, but it, it is on everybody.
0: So here's the thing on that. I mean, so Aldridge came over and and laid a pick on Buddy, and there's nothing to really do about it. I mean, yeah, he, like, fell asleep, and he shouldn't have been in a position to be picked like that. But at that point, is just chasing uh, Who – who is it? Is it, uh, is it uh, DeRozan there? It is. Um, so DeRozan gets past him, and he's pretty much got an open path to the basket, but then – Um, yeah you know our uh, our friend Jill Edge pointed out that why are two players chasing him down and it was Ariza turned saw that DeRozan's going past saw that Holmes is chasing him and then decided to chase as well but he's so far behind the play already and he's so slow he's not gonna get it anywhere like maybe maybe he could come in and like if he gets lucky catch a a rebound off a bounce, off a lucky bounce, but he's not going to affect that play. Get back out to the perimeter. I I really look at that play. Can we pull that play up? Yeah, I
1: have it right here, actually. Part of of me thinks that Ariza should almost like – that. it should just be Ariza and Holmes are solely in that pick and roll. And what gets me with Buddy is that he sinks in. Like, I don't think he needed to be tagging – Lamarcus there and I don't even think that was quite his intention
0: no it wasn't he it looked like he was just ball intention. watching right he doesn't have any intention right he was but just at, ball watching at the point where where uh Lamarcus makes that pick don't you think Ariza at that point needs to adjust and recognize he's been in the league long enough that <laughs> he that does just stand there <laughs> out of the play and he look at him chase
1: yeah yeah, and I, I didn't even realize that Riza literally stands in the paint and just watches Bellinelli.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no. That's after he's like made the mistake, so right. like, and he knows he can't recover, so he just that, he does that thing where you like you turn away because <laughs> you don't you want to act like you weren't even you didn't even see it in the first place, right? Like that, you you want to get further away so that you can't be the closest man to the mistake, and I think he successfully did that to where everyone's like, oh buddy should have got there. Like, no, like Ariza should have should have made that switch as well.
1: Yeah, it definitely capped off a lot of frustration and just bonehead mistakes left and right. I, I think what you said of it feeling like a return of this 05 start is very accurate, where it's just the kings checking out and almost like not showing that they want to win these games. And sure, you can blame it on the injuries, but, or you could point towards that, but they've been in winnable situations, this one very specifically, and just choked
0: it away. Spectacular choke job. So let's talk about this in relative terms to other games this season, other losses. We, I wanted to, this is something that I propose that we do on the episode today is pick the five worst losses of the season. Um, And I feel like it's going to be hard to choose just five, quite honestly.
1: This is like the saddest segment that we've ever done.
0: Well, I want to do best wins as well, although, I don't know, after last night, I'm not sure that I really want to do best wins. But, I mean, there's some doozies to choose from here. We can start with the loss on opening night at Phoenix. Got absolutely thrashed by about 30 points. 29-point loss to Phoenix. Um, I know that they're better this year, whatever, whatever, but that was an embarrassing, really, truly embarrassing loss. And it was at full strength.
1: I mean, 26 turnovers.
0: Fox, Bagley were healthy for that game, played that game, right? So um, that's one contender. I'll throw throw that in the hat. Um, Then the Jazz loss. Oh, my God. Remember that? I was there. I was eating, I was eating uh, Wienerschnitzel, bro. It was, <laughs> that was a yeah, – <laughs> I was there, bro. That was terrible. That was – I mean, in terms of just like watchability, there was – that. you should have left at halftime. You would have been a much happier person. I was trying to justify myself so many times to people that were there. I was like, they're not this
1: bad. They're really not. I don't get it.
0: That was a shameful, shameful, shameful. Oh,
1: Deadman uh, game high or for the king it's in points, 11.
0: 11. <laughs> yeah, and that was maybe the worst game of his career at that point. That was like that the, was the one where
1: he was legit like throwing to fans.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, so that one's in there. Then the loss at home to the Charlotte Hornets, who also look a little bit better this year. Um, you know, similar to the Suns. But, and this is a big but, going into the year, I looked at the entire schedule, right? Uh, I went through and picked out what should be the easiest win and what should be the, 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 or, yeah, the easiest win and the hardest potential game to win. And it was Hornets at home by a long shot. In terms of, you know, the over-unders predicted for the season, what we thought a team would be, the Hornets were dead last dead last. And this was a home game. Um, you know, Darren Fox was still healthy. Right. This was a horrific, horrific performance. I think the offense played a little better than they had in the first four games. You know, for some reason, Omer likes to mention, uh, Omer Khan, who was on recently, likes to mention this game as a, a turnaround moment for the offense. And Fair enough, whatever. The defense was as bad as it. I mean, they oh, give up damn near 60% field goal percentage. It was towards- a layup line. It was a joke. Yeah, it was an absolute joke. <clears throat> so that one's in there. That's three good candidates. Then, you know, I think we went for a while with we a pretty good stretch. Pretty good stretch. There's not a lot of meat on the bones, but you could say the Nets loss without Kyrie. To lose the Nets without Kyrie, It's tough. It's a 20-point loss, 19-point loss. Um, Is that one valid? I don't count much
1: of the Brooklyn or Portland one because there was no bogey on top of
0: Fox and Bagley. Yeah, but to lose by 20 Yeah, it was. I mean, the Nets have not been good, and to not have Kyrie, I mean, that's, I don't know. I think you got it. That's a bad loss still to me.
1: For sure. The only good thing is the Justin James breakout.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then you got the Bulls, which I proclaimed would be the worst loss of the year if they had lost it, of course, jinxing them and the city of Sacramento for eternity. Um, And they did indeed lose this game. And this was, I mean, the Bulls were playing, are playing, were playing horrifically. That was the day after um, basically everyone and their mother called for Boylan to be fired. We saved his job. Truly, truly. Um, I mean, you guys all remember that game. It was not that long ago. It feels like a long time ago for some reason, but uh, it was just a few days ago. And then we got the Spurs loss that we just detailed uh, in depth. I mean, I think it's fair to kick out that Nets loss and that we've got our our five here with the uh, Suns loss, the Jazz loss, the. Charlotte loss, the Bulls loss, and the Ma- uh, excuse me, the I said Mavericks loss. Looking forward to tomorrow. Oh God, <laughs> San Antonio loss.
1: Predicting it. Yeah, a Luca fifty point triple double.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's put these in order. <laughs> what do you have in order here? I, I I gave the five. Why don't you Why don't you put them in order for us?
1: Yeah. So I've San Antonio first. I mean, you you just agree with that one.
0: Sure, yeah, I mean, just the fashion of it, like just the, yeah.
1: And then I put the Chicago one second because it was when you thought they had turned a corner, they were playing great basketball off what might be their best win of the year in that overtime comeback against Denver, and then they just downplay the Chicago Bulls. Like you said, I mean, they had a lot of struggles going in, but the Sacramento Kings are not in any sort of position to think that they can just walk through any game. And that was the reason that I put that at two. That was so frustrating to me.
0: Yeah, and wasn't there some quotes after that game that were essentially uh, – I, I didn't go to that game because so I am deep in the midst of finals right now at Sac State and getting my my ass kicked. But um, wasn't there some quotes out of that game that were essentially to that effect? Like we just – yeah we didn't think there'd be any I, good. I don't
1: have them in front of me but there was a Jason Jones piece and mentioned that they yeah they admitted that they just they just thought it would be a walk in the park
0: it's completely Terrible. unacceptable yeah. like are you kidding me are you-
1: yeah and then i go back to this start of the year um and you really could put these 3 in any order for me because they all are so disappointing in different ways, but probably that Phoenix one first with everyone being there and, mm, yeah, and it badly included the one game that he's played and setting already breaking the most amount of turnovers in a game compared to all of what you had throughout last season. It, it was, it was terrible. Like you said, Phoenix is better and they play aggressive defense and force turnovers, but Twenty-four of them.
0: Yeah, twenty-six. Was it twenty-six? It's a lot of them either way.
1: Yeah, and then and then I'll put the Utah one. No, I'll put the Charlotte one. I, I kind of flipped between these because of the level of opponent, uh, and especially with it being the fifth one in a row to start the year. Like you yeah. had somewhat of like the Phoenix one. I guess you could justify it was the first game of the year. Uh, There's not really a way to justify it, but sure. Like you can move past it, but when you've lost four games in a row and you see an opponent like Charlotte on your schedule, you need to take advantage of it. And not just lay a brick. Right.
0: With rest. I mean, the jazz game was back to back away uh, with a fight in between Um yeah the hornets game that was that was real I mean it was a nightmare that was the night where the entire gold one center was booing um through a lot of the fourth quarter yeah uh, it was uh, uh, yeah I mean it, we can talk about it as a potential transition point uh, for some reason again sorry to call you out Omer he's talked about this a lot this game was uh, good to him in some way or another but um yeah the entire home crowd i've never seen the home crowd that angry at their their home team
1: and very justified
0: yeah.
1: um but yeah that's that's the order i'm ending with i got san antonio chicago phoenix charlotte and utah
0: that utah jazz game though was horrific i mean you were there it was so i
1: <laughs> i i really flipped with a lot of these because they were all so
0: terrible. I mean, just that day when you were there in Utah experiencing that, um, if someone had told you this will only be their fifth worst loss of the first 20 games, would you have been? Oh,
1: God. What a way to put it. (laughs) Oh, God. No, I would have, yeah. I I have no clue. I would have just never left Utah.
0: Yeah, just – convert to Mormonism <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> give up on basketball
1: oh god it was it was horrific uh, there's not even yeah there was no bright spot
0: do we want to discuss briefly the best wins I mean I think we should I think we should probably try to get sure uh, let's uh, try to so so we'll switch corner. it
1: around I'll mention them and I'll mention a few and then sure. can sort them The King's Pulse Podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So there's that Utah game at home that broke the five game losing stretch to start the year. I think that De'Aaron had a great game in that one and Deadman showed a little bit of promise in there as well. Um, Then... Where else can we look to the Boston game? I, I think that shutting down Kemba Walker. This was one of the better Corey Joseph games, and of course, Buddy Heald was absolutely on fire in that game, thirty-five points. Um, and then, uh, and then the Denver one as well. I, I feel like those are the three very notable ones. And interestingly, there's some notable losses as well that I think you know only losing to Toronto by four points, the Lakers by two. Uh, Boston by one as well. Philadelphia, they they battled. But the three wins that stand out to me are at home against Utah in the sixth game of the year, at home against Boston, and then most recently that comeback win against the Denver Nuggets.
0: So I have bad news for you. You can't count losses in the best wins of the season. True. So we're going to have to get that Lakers one. Uh, Out of the discussion, but yeah, Um, I'm gonna go kind of backwards where you went. I think worst to to last. I'm gonna go uh, fifth to first. Or you know what? Here's what I'll do. You have three. I'll throw in two more. um, Kind of as like a four or five, just because I think it's we gotta try. We gotta try to feel good about ourselves right now. (laughs) All right. So what I'll do is I'll throw in, you know, I I think that we all felt pretty good, just about about going, you know, a road win by by double digits. That feels good. Period. No matter who you're playing, no matter the situation. So I'm going to throw the Hawks. Right? Okay. Okay. Look, I'm uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to put forth. All right. So just <laughs> oh <something> no. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to throw – yeah, I'm going to throw the Hawks and the Knicks in there. I mean, I don't know, fourth, fifth, whatever. I felt like the Knicks one was really important to just – because, yes, they had one at home against the Jazz by a point, but it it didn't feel real yet. Like, we were one game removed from that 0-5 start. So, yeah, I'm going to go Hawks. um, Yeah, I'm going to go Hawks, fifth, Knicks, fourth. And that was where, at that point, you got – three out of four wins in a row. I mean, that's 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 big stuff. I don't know. I,
1: no, that's fair. That's fair. If you look at the big picture of it, what it was like heading into that, then I can definitely get behind you there.
0: The road win uh, by 12 at the Hawks, I'm going to put that fifth. The, just a road win by 12 for that team at that point was big. A road win by 21 against the Knicks, yeah, I'm going to put that fourth. I'm, I think that's fair. I honestly do. I know the Knicks... Are not good at basketball, but you know, I think are, are, the Kings weren't either at that point. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That to me was meaningful. But yes, you're right. There is a distinct top three. Definitely. I mean, the other ones, I don't know that I, I can even like. You know, there's a seven point win over the Wizards on the road. You know, not really that into it. The four point win against the Suns, like that's there's a contend. That's possible. Um, eight points against the trailblazers. I don't know. Those don't feel like spectacular wins. So those are the ones I'll exclude. Um, but yeah, then I'll say third. Hmm. For me, it's between. Yeah, I'll say third will be the jazz. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Third, second, first. I'll say that the win at home against the Jazz, um, by one point, I think that that's nice. Um, You know, it was the one that broke the 0-5 streak. It was important. It was probably the most important of all these wins. Uh, But, yeah, I I don't know. It didn't feel that impressive. It just felt like the, the Jazz didn't come out and play that night. The Kings had already seen them, maybe got, you know, a better idea of how to play them. So I'll say that third does that make sense to you
1: yeah it does it it does
0: then i will go ahead and put the nuggets win second it that came out of nowhere interesting yeah it felt to me like spursy like kind of what the spurs just did to the nuggets where it just came out of nowhere kind of
1: yeah i i I get that a little bit my argument with the boston one is i think buddy just kind of caught fire I that's feel like fair. that was the main positive of that game.
0: I mean – I just if, felt like being in it was – I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a good team on the road. Right. You know, I know it's one point, but – oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the home game. They lost on the road. All right, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm going to flip that because of that exact reason. Um, you know, they only won by one. It was – you know, they were a weird role from Marcus Smart, you know, floater. Uh, from losing that game so I'll go I'll go Celtics second and yeah yeah I guess it's only fitting that the Nuggets win would be first because it's kind of the mirror image of that Spurs loss right
1: well hopefully we can add some more statement wins to this list before we're stretching and talking about the 10
0: worst losses of the year yeah honestly let's I really do hope so. Do you want to preview? We had some, we had some plans to do some interesting stats, like our, you know the most interesting stats of the year so far. Do you want to save that for the next episode? Definitely. We've been running for a little while here, and
1: yeah, maybe we can just talk on the difficulty of this upcoming back-to-back on Sunday and Monday. You got Dallas and then Houston.
0: Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that I went through the whole season before we started the schedule, looking for the the easiest win. That was that Charlotte game that the Kings lost. And the, the hardest potential game to win. And it was going to be the back-to-back on the road in Houston.
1: It would so, be so funny for that to be flipped.
0: I mean, it will be, right? That's, that's how it's going to work because I'm just no good at basketball analysis. I don't even want to
1: make predictions. I'm not. <laughs> like,
0: no.
1: Yeah, that's not. We Let's can not. break it down, but I don't want to say win or
0: loss. Here, here, here's my prediction for you. Um, we're going to talk a lot about Luka Doncic um, very soon.
1: Yeah, I don't think that we are going to be able to help ourselves. Um, he's obviously the key piece of this Dallas team that's performing well. And, uh, yeah, man, I was really standing up saying that Sacramento was going to be better than Dallas this year, and that has backfired very quickly on the shoulders of Luka Doncic. Um, I'm hopeful for a Bagley return soon, but it's going to be hard to not talk about Luca. Who do you feel like guards, Luca? Don't want to talk about
0: it. Don't <laughs> want to think about it. I genuinely don't. Um, I, I guess it's Harrison Barnes, but I, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, but w- can I ask you this? Uh, it's only been 20 games. And yes, the Mavericks have been a lot better than the Kings this year. but say that Luca was injured and Marvin Bagley were not would it it be the it be would it be That's you know, interesting. Fox also were healthy you know right. could it, couldn't it be the opposite or close to it
1: I I don't know if Sacramento would be 16 and 6 but they would I I think they could be in that 6 seed fairly uh 7 seed somewhat fairly comfortably I mean right now they're only a game and a half out of the 8 seed which is crazy.
0: Right. So, I mean, I'm just saying, trying to put it in perspective.
1: Yeah. You uh, have a good point, you know, not having Bagley and obviously not having Fox as well is, is a very big hit.
0: So, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a lot more. I, it's going to be the Luca episode. So yeah. Fucking unsubscribe now. I guess <laughs> if you're not ready for that, let's get
1: Tim Maxwell on here. Oh, let's absolutely not do that. Yeah, we'll uh we'll hold back on that one. Oh god.
0: I'll 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 get him to record like a voice memo like a, I'll give him 60 seconds. He's right now he said that
1: he's supposed to not, right?
0: For a week he was supposed to not tweet about Luka Doncic and he's tweeted about him like 55 times. And he said,
1: <laughs> he, you know, he just keeps saying it's like no, I'm talking about Zach Randolph or Justin Jackson. <laughs>
0: He's just a dirty liar. He would <laughs> give $10 to a second charity each time he's done it. So hopefully he makes good on that promise. I'll get a – we'll get a voicemail. We'll, we'll let him on the show for like 50 seconds. Oh,
1: there you go. Yeah. And Bryant West has been keeping a log of how much <laughs> Tim
0: owes. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, God. it's a lot. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you guys oh, God. on – Monday. <laughs> oh, God. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger, for the ones who get it done.